What would you like for Christmas? I want an official Red Rider carbon action two inch Wayne's ball arrow. No. Shoot your eye out. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. You guys have got an ad with America's favorite old fart reading a book in front of a fireplace. Sure, Sir Isaac Newton unraveled the mysteries of gravity. But could he have unraveled the mysteries of Rubik's Cube? Hot Wheels. They're one of the ways I tell my kid I love them. They're each one of a kind. They're cabbage patch kids. Only Atari makes the world's most popular home video game. I can't put my arms out! Only at Radio Shack. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Hello and welcome to Not Members Only Studios today. Uh, I'm Rob. Welcome to Living in the 80s. And we are actually at our buddy Big J's house. And we are in Man Cave Studios. That's right. So he's got a cool setup. We have three people here. And uh, I'm excited about this this podcast. I've been excited about it all week. It's getting close to Christmas. You guys excited? No. No. Ho, ho, ho. All right. <laughs> not, I'm not a big fan of Christmas. but I know you're more the Halloween guy. But... <clears throat> oh, yeah. Halloween is my Christmas. I love Christmas. <laughs> Am I going to get some 80s toys for Christmas this year? You never know. Santa, I would love it. Santa may hook you up. <laughs> so I have, like I mentioned, Jason's with me today as well as Aaron Benner. Hey, what's up? So, yeah, Aaron did such a great job last time we had him back. And... Uh, it was it was it's very cool to have all three of us here together. Mm-hmm. So last week we we talked about um, movies, Christmas movies of the eighties. As you found out, not all eighties Christmas movies were really good. You had a couple of them, but most of them were not. But now this is a a home run topic. We're going to talk about toys of the eighties. Nice. So what we did, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, what we did, we put a poll on our Facebook page. Uh, what were your favorite toys in the 80s? And we got several responses. And we're going to go through those uh, here today. But uh, first, uh, let's uh, talk about the people that let let us make this magic happen. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Tuned In Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. So before we get into our top ten list, we're going to first go through um, others that received votes. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys just sort of maybe word association, maybe memories, maybe, you know, were you a fan of these toys or not? And... uh, we're just going to go through this uh, this bottom tier list, so to speak. Uh, the first one, Electronic Battleship. Um, <clears throat> I knew of it. 
Yeah, I never I mean, played. I remember it. original Battleship. I liked was a original Battleship. I like the original. That's yeah. what we had. I didn't like the electronic <clears throat> stuff. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I mean, I think I may have played it once, but nothing memorable yeah. at all. I didn't even know anybody that had it, so I couldn't. Me I never neither. played it. Yeah. Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> Creepy. Creepy. Yeah. yeah, it's a funny. It's a fuzzy Chucky doll. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. No. So not not a fan here either. I mean, did, didn't he come with a tape with a bunch of lame songs on it? Mm-hmm. I if I remember, if I remember correctly, yes. <clears throat> yeah, and he had a cartoon too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, did he have a cartoon. Yeah, he had yeah, a cartoon. I don't remember that. Short lived, I think, but yes. he did have one. Wow. Smurfs, Smurf figurines is something somebody put out there. Hmm. These are the lower voting. Right. Yeah, I mean, I love. I can this. see why. I love. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I I was just watching Smurfs the other day. <laughs> I watched the Smurfs Christmas special. Uh, oh, my that kid. Precious? Was that yeah. the, the cartoon one or the live action? The, I don't watch the live action. The cartoon, yeah. Was it on Netflix? <laughs> it seems like it was like a suggested thing for me to watch. I, I or think something. it was on YouTube. I just found it, and okay. my kid was trying to watch Christmas movies, so we were watching them. But uh, the figurines were just, they, they didn't move or anything, and they were just really about that big. Like statues. Yeah, they were like little statues. Like the, when Te- they did technically, the- I think they were life size, is what they were trying Oh, to- yeah, they might have been. <laughs> what they were actually trying to market them as. That's funny. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, may have been. <laughs> but they didn't do anything. But, you know, I did love the Smurfs as a kid. So I think, I mean, it's cool. I mean, they don't do anything. You can They're good figurines to just put on the shelf, I guess. Yeah, yeah. My, my buddy David Yuska back in the 80s wrote his own song called Smurfs Must Die. It was a heavy metal thing. <laughs> How dare he? Yeah. Nice. It was uh, sung in the key of Gargamel. Uh. So was, hey, that yeah. really was a song. Don't and, forget Gargamel's girlfriend. Remember her name? No. Hogatha. Hogatha. You don't remember Hogatha? No. Dude, oh, I never watched one full episode of Smurfs. Like, when I would see it on my TV, I would change the channel. I like Smurfs. It was yeah. just so annoying to me. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I liked Smurfs. I watched Smurfs enough to know several of them. I mean, I knew Papa Smurf and Brainy and uh, Smurfette. And the girl, Smurfette. Smurfette, yeah. Gargamel and Azrael. And um, I do know that uh, Smurfette actually was created by Gargamel. She's not a, a natural-born Smurf. Wow. She was, she was actually a, uh, a lab creation of Gargamel. She had black hair. And he had created her and sent her in to infiltrate the Smurf village. And the love of all of the other Smurfs eventually changed her heart, and she became good, and her hair turned blonde. Wow! So are you yeah. try- that. So the moral of the story here, kids: dark is, girls, is dark-haired girls are evil. Yeah, dark-haired <laughs> yeah. girls are evil. Run from them. <laughs> I just remember uh, getting a book as a kid uh, from our church library. We had a little library, and it was about different things and the uh, kids' toys and things that were of Satan. Yep. And the Smurfs were in there because apparently I never noticed it until after reading the book. I was only eight years old reading this book, and it said that Papa Smurf does his spells, and he always says Beelzebub in the spell. Hmm. So I started paying attention, and sure enough, he he says Beelzebub in the in the as he's going through his spell, and then it, the camera pans out, and he's he's standing on his little stool, and there's a pentagram underneath him. I yeah. know I'm not making this up. I really? swear. I On an swear. actual Smurfs it was cartoon? in the Smurfs cartoon. Yeah, my wow. uh, my wife uh, is a daughter of uh, missionaries, and she wasn't allowed to watch Smurfs because it had witchcraft and wizardry in it. Wow! If my like, parents I, had known, I, I, I do remember them saying stuff like that back then, and Smurf meant little devil or something like that. But I never realized it was that level of sorcery and stuff. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Looking actually, at Smurfs, uh, different. actually, Smurf doesn't mean anything. It was, uh, it was, yeah, a, it was you're a made right. up word. You're right. I, I did, I think maybe it was you that told me that when we were doing a podcast on, yeah, on cartoons. On the cartoons. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
See, look at this. I retain it. I just, it just takes a while to, to, to bring it back. This podcast is really smurfy. <laughs> what the smurf are you talking about? <laughs> hey, language. This is smurf-tastic. <laughs> All right. Um, next. Um, oh, wait. Before you get into that real quick. I, yes, sir. One of the sister shows of the Smurfs that I actually preferred more than the Smurfs was Snorks. Snorks, yep. Yeah, I like Snorks a lot I remember more. Snorks, but again. You were a little older it, by I, the time Yeah, I'm a teenager by yeah. this point, and I just kind of like... I, I, my brother watched cartoons, but I don't think he like watched that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think there was a Knight Rider cartoon I remember him watching. And I understand. Super friends. I understand no, it because it's like was, me with... There was no Knight Rider It's cartoon. like me with Wasn't Power there? Rangers. No, sorry. And if anybody would know, it'd be you. <laughs> I don't remember a Knight Rider cartoon, but no. it's like me with Power Rangers. I was in high school, and I'm like, this is just a ripoff of Voltron. What are we yeah. doing here? A bad ripoff of Voltron. Yeah. Oh, oh don't, get me, don't get me started on that. I mean, we can have all of these crappy Transformers get movies. angry nerds in <laughs> and, here with me. Today. We still don't have a Voltron these, movie? All of these crappy Power Rangers movies and remakes and reboots of Power Rangers, and I can't get a decent Voltron movie? So, And we even had, like, what? the, the What the Smurf? What the Smurf? Seriously. <laughs> Oh boy, you guys are funny. Um, <laughs> next, this one I nev- doesn't register with me for the '80s, but Planet of the Apes action figures. That's one were of the those, '70s things. Well, I remember Mego made them. I think they were Mego, and I think they were based off the not the movies. They were based off the TV show. Right, if my memory serves. But that was that to that, me. Like, that's the '70s, like or earlier, because I, I think they're around the about, about the same time that the. That the Justice League and the yeah, Avengers Mega dolls I were thought. out. I'm sorry, the action figures were out, and I'm I'm, th- I'm putting that at like 75, 76, 77. So. I I want to say that that show was like late 70s because they'd already done like three, no, or four, no, or five. No, the, the show movies. was earlier. Yeah, was it really? Yeah, I remember. I can't it, remember. It's I, I watched it, it in reruns. I obviously. feel that it was on Friday nights. Yeah, like maybe NBC. I'm guessing. Let's see here if I got a magical rectangle. I don't think it lasted that, that long. I can look look there. If uh, only you had a. Some type of device, computation machine <laughs> that allowed you yes. access to how worldwide we just, information. How did, how did we survive before Google? Just how do you? How did we settle fights and argue? We just BS our yeah. way through. Yes. Yes. No, yes, no, no. Did. I think I'm right. Oh, that's a matter of fact. <laughs> so September thirteenth, nineteen seventy four, was the first airing of, oh, wow. the Planet of the Apes TV show. Wow, that's well. It sounds like you need to verbally spank whoever uh, suggested that toy. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I think you need to censor them on the eighties. I think I will. The eighties page. It's yep. probably Matt Moore. Probably. Yeah, Matt, Speaking you're, of which, you're banned. Matt was supposed to be our fourth today, but he is suddenly, and I'm using air quotes, out of town. So whatever, uh-huh. Matt. Out of town means out another of, way of saying uh, on the toilet. Yes. Out or, of touch. Or, or doing his wife's to-do list. <laughs> so, But uh, we do love you, Matt, in s- spite of your absence. We miss you. Yeah. So next, strawberry shortcake. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're dudes. Okay. I'm Hel- actually surprised that that's that low on the on the list. I thought that'd be higher too. Mm-hmm. I thought that'd be in the top. I I I'll say this: we didn't have cable when I was a kid, so I remember when they premiered the Strawberry Shortcake cartoon movie because it was up. They premiered it on eight o'clock, and I don't know, might have been eighty four, eighty three, something like that. And I remember watching it because there was nothing else. There was a cartoon on at night, so I watched all the cartoons at night. Sure. And I remember what was the the purple something. I don't remember. It, it's been too long. Grape ape, but I didn't. No, I didn't like something. it. I didn't like. I mean, it was, it was like, oh, this is. Uh, there's yeah. no guns. There's no fighting. Yeah, I don't want to watch this. No peril. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, Did you ever see the uh, the robot chicken uh, strawberry shortcake skits? Oh no, no, no. Oh, okay. So 
I, I know this is a G-rated show, so I'm going to drop a little little bit of a word here. But uh, you, can, you can you can substitute it with another word that smurf. sounds very similar, Smurfy. like what the Smurf. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the uh, the Robot Chicken episode, they introduced a new Strawberry Shortcake character, mm-hmm. and uh, her name was um, Bee Pudding. <laughs> and, and she basically went around and just beat everybody up, and it was wow. and yelled, and it was hilarious. It's it was appropriate. Wow. You know, you know it, maybe if she was on the original show, maybe I might have watched it back then, because it sounds a little more interesting. I probably would have watched it. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I'd have probably had the doll and had a crush on her. Moving on. That's, uh, that's a little strange. <laughs> I would just wonder, what does she smell like? Because, you know, strawberry shortcake was supposed to smell like strawberries. You know what she probably smelled like? Our next toy, pound puppies. Oh, <laughs> segue. Nice. You like that? Nice. The, the word you didn't say in pound puppies? Yeah. I, cool? Nice, yeah. nice. I never you know. had pound puppies, but I, I did watch the cartoon. Yes. Did you? It, was a, it was a late 80s Saturday morning deal. Wow. I didn't. I don't recollect. I think that. you're going to find that most toys in the '80s had cartoons. I think didn't they mm-hmm. make some? Jason, they had to make laws. They yeah, laws t- about t- it. Yeah, yeah. we were talking about this on our cartoon episode, right? And it was it was in the '80s is basically when you had the um, the trifecta mm-hmm. of marketing. You you came up with a toy and you promoted it through a cartoon that made the kids want to buy the toy, and then you made a comic book about it so that the kids would read it and then they would play it. And it actually started with He Man. I believe was the first one that mm-hmm. they did it with. It became huge with Transformers and G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. But pretty much every cartoon in the 80s had a corresponding toy and uh, comic book that went with it. Yep. And and basically, so the cartoons were basically like a half-hour-long commercial for the yeah. toy. So they, they basically had to pass legislation to say, okay, you can't just make it a half-hour entertaining infomercial. You have to put a moral to the story. Mm-hmm. So then that's why G.I. Joe has the the whole, you know, and, what and knowing is half kids? the battle. Knowing, and, and, well, that and then He Man at the same end of all the He Man episodes, like today we learned, you know, they yeah. just, they do that at all the. I don't think I did the Transformers did. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm they sure they got they, away with it because they were cars. I think they did it like during the show. Yeah. Like they had put some kind of moral situation, and then the Transformers would have to, you know, the humans would have to teach the Transformers the moral of the story. And then and then all of a sudden, then the cartoon people like, is that okay? Can we take their money now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next, you might like this one, Dark Tower Electronic Board Game. I believe I was the one who put that in. You are, and you had, I think, I think uh, you may have had a couple votes there, I too. might have. Probably people who have played it with me. How crazy it, that, is it that we're looking at one? Right? We're looking at now, one right yes. now. It is here in Pristine. Man Cave Studios, a fully function, complete Dark Tower game from 1980s. Do you know the story of the Dark Tower game? I was hoping you'd tell us. Yeah, were you now? <laughs> yeah, actually, I was because, like, like I know of it, but not a lot about it. So, okay. you know. So, in the 19 in 1980, two guys went to Milton Bradley and they basically pitched this idea for a electronic interactive fantasy based Dungeons and Dragons board game. And Milton Bradley said, "No, we're not interested," and sent them packing. So, a year later. The guys went to. Uh, were you looking to make sure it was made by Milton Bradley? Are you just, are you st- fact checking no, me no, while no, I'm, I'm be on there? Looking at the box. Yeah. Just kind of looking. Um, so don't touch it. A year later, in 1981, the guys went to a international to an international toy fair, and Milton Bradley was debuting their electronic interactive fantasy based Dungeons and Dragons like board game. So they basically just ripped him off. They totally stole their idea. Mm-hmm. So the guys took him to court. And Milton Bradley went into production rapidly, and uh, they actually got two years of production out before the courts issued a cease and desist, 
and then a year later they settled out of court for an exposed uh, sum. Milton Bradley lost all the rights to it and destroyed all the molds, and the game no longer exists. Wow! So except for, right here, right except now. for right here, right here. Nice. Um, but um, we won't give away your address because somebody listening is like, <laughs> I'm going to hunt that down. I want that. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, uh, Milton Bradley did a huge push because they knew time was limited and they were going to have to make as much money as they could. The game went for I believe eighty dollars. Which wow. in eighty one and eighty two was about the same cost as a PS five today, yeah. And uh, so, um, but it was a huge expense. So not a lot of them were bought, and those that were bought when they broke, they just broke and you know went on their you know they just did whatever they wouldn't. Whoever do. had it just went on and played something yeah. else. But nobody really knew about the court case, so everybody just figured, well, we'll just get another one or whatever, and then eventually there was no other one to get. So, wow, yeah. So it's I I actually had the game when I was a kid. And I played it constantly, and then um, I came across uh, this fully functioning and complete game on eBay and bought it and told my wife how much I paid for it several months later um, because it was one of those kind of purchases. Yeah, I'm surprised you're still alive. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely uh, easier easier to ask for. She's sweet, but I'm I'm pretty sure she's got (laughs) – she too has a dark side. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you might brought so, it out. It was it was easier in that case to ask forgiveness than permission. So. Yeah. Next, My Little Pony. Re- My Little Pony. Really, these are in the bottom. You haven't even got to I the really top ten. I really thought yet? that'd be a top no. ten. Well, when when you when we get to the top ten, you guys will see why these are in the bottom because we got okay. some heavy hitters. The eighties oh. is the heaviest of hitters, I think. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to toys, the eighties was all about toys. Uh, Glowworm. I remember Glowworm. Yeah. I got. I remember my little sister having one of those. My, my and cousin she had my had little one. ponies too. So my my daughter had a Glowworm. She named yeah. it Gloria, and uh, I think she still has it today. Wow! Nice. It being a, a, a grandfather, uh, I have bought both of her daughters and now her son their own Glowworms. Uh, I didn't know they were still making those. They do. They're not the same. Uh, like they're, they're they're similar, but. You can tell it's like a newer yeah, version. They're probably of BPA the free and yeah. there's no yeah. toxins or chemicals. It's <laughs> right. really boring. Yeah. yeah. But but he he's only six months old, so I don't think I think the fact that he lights up and maybe sings a song to him yeah. would be about enough to hold him over. So going going back one step to my little pony, have you guys heard of bronies? Yes. That is scary. It is scary. What I is think it? I, bronies. Yeah. No. They are full grown men of our age. Or or even younger, mostly millennials though, uh, that are my my little pony fans, and they call themselves bronies, and they go they actually have brony conventions. Yeah, there's a in there a documentary on them. Yes, on, it was on, on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, what no? Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, of all of the so toys in the eighties to be fanatical about, why My Little Pony? Like, why can't we have like Tron? Voltroners, or well, I'm sure there are those too. I mean, but I'm sure that the Bronies are like a niche crowd of about three deranged dudes that were dropped no. on their heads at birth. No, you're, we're talking about international fan clubs, and like <laughs> it's it's big, it's a big deal, it's huge. That it's is ridiculously amazing. huge. I, I like, think the cops just camp outside the conventions and like, well, we're gonna get a couple tonight. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> oh yeah. Or it's the rookie cops that get assigned to that. Like, are you freaking kidding? Like, yeah, I got to do really. what? Rony convention? I got to do that? <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. Next is Simon. 
Oh man, I had Simon one. was Simon great. is fun. Simon, Simon is nice. Simon is never the same thing twice. Oh, look at you! I know jingles. You know what? Yeah. Simon could would, would start off being awesome, and then it became the most frustrating thing when it got so to a certain oh. level when you're when you're a little kid playing yeah. it. Oh, you, yeah. You're like, oh, I can't get past this. You sh- they should have never made it disc shaped because it just made it easier to chuck to it across chuck it. the room. <laughs> How know? far can this Simon fly? <laughs> yeah. It's like a frisbee, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one is Yo Yo. Is that an eighties? That's a that's an that's always. Old. I had a Dunkin' Yo Yo back. I then. mean, that's that's like saying I a hula mean, hoop or a slinky. I mean, you know, they're the Yo Yo is the number two selling toy of all time, boys. Yeah, because more it's been than your GI Joe's, Transformers. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's, it's had yo-yo. more time yeah. to be sold, <laughs> and you can get them anywhere. I'm from calling price shenanigans on $2 that. Two dollars or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if you said Rubik's Cube, I'd have been all about Who was it. it? One, of the, uh, one of the Smothers Brothers was like an international yo-yo champion. He, he was really good. On a, Tom, no, was it Rowan and Martin? What? I think you're right with the Smothers Brothers. Was it the I think Smothers? It, I, thought, I, I, I could yeah. be wrong. I think it was Tom. <laughs> it's Tom. Tom. Tom Smothers. Bill. Tom Smothers. <laughs> it was Bob. Dick. <laughs> that was his name. I wasn't calling you one. Um, Nerf basketball hoops. Everybody had one yeah. of those. Okay, over their yeah. over their trash can position maybe. over the trash can. Yeah, yeah. Just, that was a, that was a, took mm. the trash. Yeah, I like Nerf football. I, I I wouldn't say that's like a memorable toy for me. No, I think I had one yeah. back in the seventies. But uh, Batman action figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so well, wait the, a the Batman movie came out in eighty nine. So that yep. was uh, so. a lot of people's memory there. Interesting story. I we went at to the midnight showing. At the Eastland AMC, which isn't the building's there, but the the movie theater's not. Um, For like a big dollar store now, it, or something. Yeah, and we went there at the midnight showing, and which they, which Eastland AMC because there was actually there was two. two. They were on both sides. From, it was yeah, the one if you're going yeah. towards the old Toys R Us, it was on the right. Okay. Yeah, Eastland Six was on the Eastland Mall side of Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Eastland Eight was across. Yeah, the it was it was at eight, and and we went to that. My brother and me and one of his best friends. And as we walked in, there was a guy standing there handing out pamphlets, and they're like about you know little pamphlets of in Batman symbols on the front. You open it up, and it's got all the toys. Um, to, you can order them online, and I've kept it all these online. years. Online or not online? <laughs> call, call online. You guys didn't and know. The story no, starts you to can order them through the mail. It wasn't Al Gore that invented the internet. It was yeah, Aaron. It was me. <laughs> it was Batman. Uh, <laughs> no, you or, you could order them through the mail, and uh, and and I still have it, and it's pretty awesome. And on the back, I'll never forget. On the back, when you look at the back, it, it's got upcoming movies, and it was, if my memory serves, it was uh, Young Einstein. With Yahoo Serious. Oh yeah. And it was uh and it was uh Lethal Weapon Two. And wow. they were the they were the advertise I still I just I still have it. And I have my Batman nineteen eighty nine piggy bank still. Look at you. Yeah. Good stuff. I wish I had some Batman mar- paraphernalia. Yeah. I think it's... I see a couple things. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like he's more of a uh, Thor fan to me, doesn't, mm. don't you? No, that's my wife. <laughs> oh yeah, for that's right. Chris Hemsworth. Yes, she swoons. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, next, we've only got a couple more left before we get into the top ten. A Star Wars Ewok Village. Had it. Had it? Had it. I had a friend that had it, but I didn't have it. Yeah. 
I when I'm thinking back then, I I don't remember that being like a big popular toy. I mean, all the Star Wars toys obviously were, but mm-hmm. I don't remember the Ewok Village as being like this thing that people had to have. It was it was actually pretty cool. I enjoyed playing with it a lot. I didn't always play with my Ewoks with it. It you know functioned as a GI Joe toy playset mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact about that toy is that years later, when Robin Hood Prince of Thieves came out, they used the exact same toy as the Sherwood Forest. Um, hideout. No kidding. Yep. Ewok Village wow. and Sherwood F- Forest from uh, Prince of Thieves is the exact same toy. Huh. I don't even know if they repainted it. It's just like, you know, let's reproduce it, put different stuff in it. Yeah. Take the Ewoks out, put in some Merry Men and Robin Hood, and you're good to go. Boom. Yep. Little John. So this this was like just outside of the top 10, like the number 11, so this is the last one in, in this others receiving votes list. The runner-up. The runner-up to the to the cum de la gras, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, Rubik's Cube. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's one I remember fondly. Like, everybody had a Rubik's Hated Cube. Hated it. I, I was terrible at it, but I love Rubik's I, Cube. I, I, I still, to this day, cannot figure out a Rubik's Cube. I can't. Cube. My, my stepson can can do it in about you know, a minute or two. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, I've been playing with this stupid thing for 40 years, and I still can't get it. They, they say that there is a standard pattern, no matter how bad it's mixed up, that if you make, like, these 7 or 10 or 12 basic moves, it'll always be done. That's what he does. Done. And he tried to show me. I'm like, I, I can't, well, if you I go can't on, get you, it. Well, if you go on YouTube or something, you see those people that just, they literally pick it up. and It's like yeah. seconds. Yeah, there's, like, worldwide back. competitions. Yeah. yeah. And here, here I am in the corner, like, peeling the stickers off. Or and taking it apart and <laughs> snapping <laughs> it back in. Oh, like, yeah. I did that before. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, those things are, like, so super lubed, too. I mean, I remember getting a Rubik's Cube, and it, like, you're, you're like, cranking to try to get this thing to turn. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And these guys, apparently they do it so much that it's so worn down and it just just spins like there's little ball bearings inside of it or something. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. Unreal. So that is our others receiving votes. Uh, we're going to take a break now, uh, hear from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with your top 10 toys of the 80s. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, first of all, I need to apologize because we lost about an hour and 45 minutes of additional dialogue due to some technical issues that were out of our control. Uh, the, um, the audio track is almost unlistenable. Um, Aaron is real loud, like Aaron is, and then me and Jason sound like little mice in the corner someplace. <laughs> So, uh, what you're going to get from here to the rest of the podcast is me solo going through this top ten list of uh, our favorite toys, and um, you know I'll do my best. Uh, these guys did a lot better than I'm going to attempt to do, but hang in there. Uh, we'll have some vintage commercials and uh, some some facts about some of these toys. So again, I apologize, but hopefully you'll somewhat enjoy the rest of the podcast. Number 10. 
Walkman. The Sony Walkman is a tiny stereo cassette player with truly incredible sound. Put on a Walkman and see the world in a whole new light. Sony Walkman. The Walkman from Sony, the one and only. Our number 10 favorite toy of the 80s. Not really a toy at all. Uh, the Sony Walkman. So if this was a, a portable cassette player, uh, you can take your cassettes, pop it into this thing. It was about the size of a cassette case. And you can put on your headphones and take it with you anywhere you went. And uh, these things, again, not a true toy, but um, they were they sold like crazy. An amazing 385 million of these things were sold. Uh, they originally came out uh, in 1979, and throughout the 80s, this was the go-to way to listen to your music on the go if you didn't have a huge boombox with you. Uh, several uh, copycats came along, and, you know... Uh, everybody had one just about and uh this was a um this is a a marvel in technology for us back then uh the the sound of these were crystal clear uh, i guess in comparison now it, they seem probably not quite as nice but but back then it was uh it was really pretty amazing uh so yeah our number 10 uh toy was the um, uh, the Sony Walkman. Number nine. Dream Date Barbie. Introducing Dream Date Barbie. Dream Date Ken doll sold separate. Knock, knock. Ken's here. Wait, Barbie's changing her ruffle again. Dream Date Barbie has a ruffled party dress she can wear ten different ways. This way's perfect for tonight. Oh, Ken, your Dream Date's ready. Dream date. Dream Date Barbie doll in a dress with a change-around ruffle. Dream Date Ken doll sold separately. New from Mattel. Our number nine biggest, uh, most popular toy from the 1980s uh, is one Barbara Millicent Roberts. Yes, Barbie. She is our number nine toy. Uh, Barbie originally came out in 1959. She was invented by Ruth Handler, the co-founder of Mattel Toys, um, named after her daughter Barbara, who, while playing with her, you know, little baby dolls, was putting she would be putting them into more like adult career type roles or housewives or something like that, and so um, she thought it would be a good idea to um, to create her a, a doll that that did you know look more like an adult and could be put into more adult type situations so she was uh in germany and had saw a doll there uh that um uh that was very close to what she was looking for so she bought three of them she gave one to her daughter took the other two back to um uh, their their offices and this doesn't look exactly like barbie but she created barbie based on the inspiration of this doll. So um, throughout the years, uh, they have sold one billion Barbies. And uh, in the 80s was no exception, a very popular toy back then with girls, as it still is today. Um, the most expensive Barbie 
sold for $302,500. I don't know if she was laced in gold or or what the deal was. But, um, you know, that's a kind of Barbie's story. She originally had a, uh, a friend named Midge, but Midge kind of has always been around, but Barbie really came to the forefront as the the main doll in, in that little collection there. So, uh, girls everywhere, uh, love Barbie and her boyfriend, Ken. Uh, <laughs> so, that's it. Number, number nine was Barbie. Number eight. Hot Ones 80s Firebird. Some cars not for use with some sets. New from Hot Wheels by Mattel. Number eight is an all-time classic, Hot Wheels. I know as a young boy, I had a case of Hot Wheels, probably held about, I want to say, 40 or so. And I had the, the Hot Wheels track and the thing to do the loops and the ramps and everything and uh just had tons of fun i could play with this with my brother or my friends um again tons of hot wheels had matchbox cars too uh but th- this was uh this is an especially fun toy uh it originally came out in 1968 and uh what happened is the um the automobile manufacturers would license their their cars their models so hot wheels could make smaller versions of them uh, not only was it fun for kids to play with, but it really helped auto sales too. Um, especially now, when you look back at some of the old models from back then, like you know, if you can't afford a uh, you know '68 Camaro, uh, you can always go back and get a Hot Wheels version of for, of it for about a buck. <laughs> so, um, not a lot to say about Hot Wheels. Everybody knows them. Everybody loved them. Um, so, made by Mattel. Not like I said, not a lot to say. And I feel like we're going through this podcast second half really, really fast when it's just me, nobody to banter with. So uh, we did have a good conversation about this during the podcast. And uh, Aaron and Jason both uh, talk very lovingly about their Hot Wheels collections and so forth. So again, uh, number eight was Hot Wheels. Number seven. The Transformers. More than meets the eye. Number seven, Transformers. Uh, Transformers came out originally as a toy uh, in 1984. So I was a senior in high school in 1984 and can barely remember them in real time. Like, you know, I've known of Transformers for years. They've had several incarnations of uh, TV shows and movies and so forth. 
but uh, they a very popular toy. Uh, Aaron and Jason talked glowingly about this. We probably spent 20 minutes talking about, well, they spent about 20 minutes talking about Transformers. I just kind of sat there and nodded the whole time. Uh, but it was very popular um, with with kids back then, and um, the uh, uh, the generation one of Transformers was uh, from 1984 to 1993. Uh, the, the TV series ran, but it was a toy before a TV series, and um, you know, again, very popular. I can't sit here and pretend to talk a lot about this because I don't know a lot about Transformers, only kind of what they look like. And I remember bringing my son to uh, the Transformers movies uh, probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago, however long ago that was. But uh, again, very popular toy. 80s kids remember it fondly. Not 80s teenagers. So (laughs) that's it. Uh, Transformers. Number six. in the colored pegs and follow the patterns. It's easy to make your favorite pictures and characters, or you can always create your own light pictures. Light bright, light bright, turn on the magic of shining light. Light bright from Milton Bradley. The number six toy, uh, voted by you as the most six most popular toy of the 80s, is Light Bright. This is another older classic. Um, they start first created these. The, the first ones rolled off the uh, assembly line in 1967 uh, by Hasbro. And they are still a, a good seller today. They're rather inexpensive. Uh, some would say they're cheaply made. But uh, they um, basically what it is is you as the uh, artist, you can create your own pictures uh there's a screen and behind the screen there's like black uh, like construction paper and you actually poke um, these clear plastic pegs um, I say clear plastic they're like red orange green blue white whatever you poke them through the holes and then it's backlit uh, so a light will actually shine and you can see your design it's really great when the lights are turned out um, and then they later added um, pictures uh, like a diagram so you can learn how you know, maybe it's a train or Mickey Mouse or whatever so you can use your pegs to make those again you can backlight it uh, I remember uh, when I was a real young kid talking early 70s uh, our next door neighbors Billy and Brian had a a light bright um, uh, It's it was sort of like a a screen it would like shine up against the wall too so not only would it be like the normal light bright but it kind of put like a movie projection type thing against the wall too ton of fun uh, you can get one now they're about 10 bucks and uh, you will have fun playing with them for about five minutes <laughs> bring you back to yesteryear and you you know you'll like them um, you know again another one of those popular toys that have stood the test of time uh, Aaron and uh, Jason were making fun of this selection. Uh, I think Jason may have said, what's next on the list, the hula hoop or the yo-yo? <laughs> so, uh, again, a very popular toy for the time. I remember my daughter Kayla had one. 
uh, when she was younger. That would have been early 90s. So, uh, yeah, Light Bright, uh, our number six most popular toy of the 80s. Number five. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Infantry troopers. Codename Grunt. Bazooka soldier. Codename Zap. Motor soldier. Codename Short Fuse. Laser rifle trooper. Codename Flash Ranger. Codename Stalker. Communications officer. Codename Breaker. Machine gunner. Codename Rock and Roll. Counterintelligence. Codename Scarlet. Commando. Codename Snake Eyes. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. The number five toy of the 80s as voted by you was G.I. Joe. Uh, Yes, I remember G.I. Joe as a young kid. Um, In the 70s, G.I. Joe was about 11 and a half, 12 inches tall. Um, Kung Fu grip, fuzzy hair, scar on the face. I think all of those, all boys that were about that age either had one or wanted one or played with their friends or whatever. But this was a very, very fun toy to play with. Uh, In 1982, Due to the popularity of Star Wars action figures, they shrunk G.I. Joe down to three and a half inches, or three and a quarter, whatever it is. A lot smaller. (laughs) And um, they were able to uh, do a lot of things. Uh, The original G.I. Joes, you can get like tanks and jeeps and things like that, but they were huge. They were bulky. Uh, With the smaller G.I. Joe, you can get him into different scenarios and get his own hideout or headquarters and whatever. And uh, it, he actually saw his biggest popularity uh, throughout the 80s because there was a cartoon that went along with it, uh, breakfast cereals, everything was G.I. Joe. And uh, collectors these days will pay a lot of money for G.I. Joe collectible materials. So the three and a quarter inch G.I. Joe, like I said, came out in 1982. And uh, in 2017 was. Um, listed in the Pop Culture Hall of Fame, and in 2004, the National Toy Hall of Fame. What took them so long to put G.I. Joe in the National Toy Hall of Fame? He should have been in there in 1964 when he was first made. But, uh, yeah, kids from uh, all generations uh, were fans of G.I. Joe. Uh, It is also considered the, um, the... like the action figure, all other action figures are measured by. Like I had a a Lone Ranger action figure uh, way back in the 70s, and he was about the same size as G.I. Joe. Uh, the Six Million Dollar Man action figure was about that same size, so he was uh, he was a lot of fun. Um, Aaron is a huge uh, G.I. Joe fan and collector. And we probably spent 20 minutes talking about G.I. Joe between Jason and Aaron and talking about some experiences they've had at, at uh, toy shows and uh, other nerd-type conventions that, <laughs> that really um, uh, are, are big fans of G.I. Joe. But uh, in the 80s, uh, like I said, he was uh, not bigger than he was at that point. Even though he, they shrunk him down, he was a huge seller. And uh, to this day... Um, you know, still uh, adored by millions of uh, older guys now that were young kids back then. But uh, yeah, our number five toy, uh, Aaron thinks it should have been ranked number one. Not by you, though. It was number five. Number four. 
He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Infantry Trooper. Codename Grunt. Bazooka Soldier. Codename Zap. Mortar Soldier. Codename Short Fuse. Laser Rifle Trooper. Codename Flash Ranger. Codename Stalker. Communications Officer. Codename Breaker. Machine Gunner. Codename Rock and Roll. Counterintelligence. Codename Scarlet. Commando. Codename Snake Eyes. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Number four, Masters of the Universe, also known as He-Man. Um, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I am going to talk less intelligently, <laughs> easy for me to say, intelligently <laughs> to you about this particular toy than any other one on this list. I know almost nothing about this toy. Yes, I know there was the movie with Dolph Lundgren. I know that He-Man kind of had that Dutch boy paint haircut. He had big muscles. That's about it. I know who Skeletor is. Um, he uh, It was hugely popular in the 80s. But again, you know, I was an older kid, so maybe if I was younger I would have been into it. But not, not, not so much as a teenager. Uh, it came out in 1982. Uh, the original He-Man uh, TV series was 1982 to 1988. Uh, but the toys sold like crazy. They had comics, uh, comic strips, video games. The action figures sold like crazy and are extremely valuable now. So if you have them, you make a lot of money off the He-Man stuff. Um, I, I have heard they are going to reboot He-Man. Um, maybe a movie, not sure. Uh, so again, I'm not going to talk about this all day because I got nothing. So... For those of you that are He-Man fans, I do apologize, but you probably didn't tune into this podcast for the stunning information we're presenting anyway, so I will leave this at number four, He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Number three. Ladies and gentlemen, we challenged hotshot Dick Joukowsky to play the Mattel Electronics football game. Dick doesn't know. Inside is a tiny thinking computer that plays like a whole team of pros. Dick's got the ball, but that computer defense is tough. He drives up the middle. Stop Cole. One yard. Now Dick cuts left down the sidelines. Touchdown. Mattel Electronics Pocket Football with a built-in computer. Hey, who's in there? Number three. We classified as Mattel handheld electronic games. But uh, I think most of you probably remember the electronic football, electronic baseball, electronic basketball. Those were a blast. Now, these I can talk about probably all day long, but I won't. <laughs> but uh, back in, in the days before Atari, um, the handheld electronic game was the way to go. Even, even after that, even into the, you know, the 70s, 80s, that was the, the toy to have. Um, I still have the electronic football and baseball games, which I do get out and play sometimes. They, they're they very basic now. <laughs> we thought they were so cool back then. Uh, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, in 1977, the football game was released, followed later by baseball and then basketball. And basically, they're screens with dashes, and you move arrows to go up and down. Uh, my favorite was not even made by Mattel. It was made by Coleco. It was the electronic quarterback, which is kind of like a souped-up version of the electronic football. With it, you can uh, punt 
and kick and pass and uh, the two-player um, uh, function was a lot easier. So again, if you were a, an adolescent boy uh, back in those days, this was the toy to have because this is like the last toy I think I remember receiving as a kid. I was probably oh, 13 uh, when I first got this one. And again, it was fun to play. Um, of course, if you're in school, you had to have it in silent mode, which I, I can't remember if the electronic football did that or not, but the electronic quarterback did have a, a mode where you can turn the sound off. So, uh, again, one of my favorite gifts I got. It was a Christmas gift back when. And, uh, again, still enjoy those games today. So, uh, Mattel Handheld Electronic Games was our number three. Number two. Good parents make Cabbage Patch Kids. The Cabbage Patch Kids. Each doll is different, and you can pretend to adopt them. My baby has a real diaper. You can love and care for them, like your very own. You're a pal. You're the only one. I love you. They're each one of a kind. They're Cabbage Patch Kids. You can give them all your love. Cabbage Patch Kids are each sold separately. Each doll comes with a pretend birth certificate and adoption papers from Coleco. The number two toy for uh, our 80s survey poll that we had was Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh, yes, Cabbage Patch Kids. These are one of the biggest fads of the 80s. Um, people went bananas over these things. Uh, in 1982, Xavier Roberts um, registered his patent. Well, I actually registered the patent in 1978, but did not release these until 1982 uh, he worked with Coleco to create the Cabbage Patch Kids and basically they're little fat faced cute kids with yarn for hair and they had adoption papers and all unique names and outfits and things like that and kids just loved them um, here's my Cabbage Patch Kids story so in 1983 I worked at Kmart I worked in the toy department, and uh, it was my job to stock shelves and you know, help customers and everything that a boy toy toy boy would do. And um, I remember getting a call. I believe it was a Friday night, and a lady had called looking for Cabbage Patch Kids. Now, I had never really heard of Cabbage Patch Kids outside of working at Kmart. Uh, I remember a, a shipment had come in, and my job was to stock an end cap with Cabbage Patch Kids. So this lady calls, and she says, hey, do you have Cabbage Patch Kids? I said, yeah, we've probably got about 45 of them. I just stocked them. And she's like, oh, can you hold one back for me? Now, it was Kmart's policy to not hold things back for customers. So um, I, I just told her, I'm like, yeah, they're here. Unfortunately, I can't hold them for you. So about um, an hour and a half maybe later, uh, one of the managers pages me. His name was Ted. I'm pretty sure Ted was Canadian. But he said, uh, did uh, you tell this lady that we had Cabbage Patch Kids? I said, yeah, we have about 45 of them. I just stocked them. He's like, well, we don't have them anymore, and she's mad. I'm like, well, we're not allowed to hold toys for customers. He says, I know, I know. I said, but 
you know, there they are. And you go over to the um, the end cap, and it was it was bare. And uh, that lady was mad. Hopefully, she got her Cabbage Patch Kid because a lot of kids did. Uh, very popular toy. They remain popular today. Not not quite the popularity they had in the 80s. So uh, I was at Target a couple weeks ago and saw Cabbage Patch Kids on the shelf. And I tell you, every time I see a Cabbage Patch Kid, I'm reminded of those days back in 1983 whenever we would unload a truck of Cabbage Patch Kids. They were gone almost instantly. Um, out after that incident, I remember um, whenever they would come in, there were people already waiting for them because uh, they would want to know when our truck was coming in, and we couldn't even put them out. We'd bring them out on a pallet, and they were gone in no time. So, yes, Cabbage Patch Kid was your number two toy of the 80s. Number one. The fun is back. Oh, yes, sirree. It's the 2600 from Atari. It's the video system with classics galore. From Space Invaders to Cars That Roar. A real hip joystick controls the screen. Solaris is hot and Midnight Magic's mean. And one more thing, it's got a special low price. Under 50 bucks. 50 bucks? Now, isn't that nice? The fun is back. Oh, yes, sirree. It's the 2600 from Atari. So the number one toy of the 80s, not just Atari, but also Sega and television, Nintendo, etc. Video gaming systems overall. Uh, We had an episode here uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a couple months ago now, I guess, with my friend Joel McLaughlin, and we talked about video games. And Joel actually has his own podcast called Living in the Shade of an 80s Arcade. And uh, we loved our video games. Uh, We loved going to the arcade, putting quarters into the machines, and uh, we can actually do that at home with our home video gaming systems. Uh, Basically, you would take the gaming system, you would connect it to your TV, uh, turn your TV to channel 3 or 2 or 4, whichever one in your area would allow you to, and uh, you could pop cartridges in the video gaming system and play games all you wanted and save your quarters. Uh, my favorite games back then were uh, Frogger, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, um, uh, Space Invaders, uh, Pitfall, so many of them, uh, the sports games, of course, the football and the baseball I like to play. But uh, yeah, the video gaming systems were really cool. Uh, looking back at those versus what's available now, it, they've advanced so much. And uh, again, we, we got our fix back then. It was a ton of fun, and we so look forward to, to playing the games. I know in my house we had one Atari system uh, we all shared and uh, you know we had to take turns at it, and uh, sometimes you could have hours of uninterrupted fun if your brothers and sisters were out playing someplace. It was cool though; a lot of the games you could do two player on, so that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that that that's it. Um, that wraps up our talk on our favorite toys of the '80s. Again, I apologize uh, for the content not being as strong and um, detailed as typical. Uh, there's an hour and 45 minutes of footage that, like I mentioned before, totally unusable. And uh, I apologize for that. Um, 
we tried to do some glitches during the recording between part one and part two that uh, we, we just kind of couldn't make happen. So, again, my apologies. But, uh, you know, it is Christmas time, and um, I've said this before. Uh, I'm unashamedly a Christian. I love Jesus Christ. Uh, I love God with all my heart. And um, I can't go through the Christmas season without thinking of, of my love of Christ. But on the other side of that, there's also so many traditions and the toys that kind of made us growing up. And uh, you, we associate those things, and those things are all good. And uh, we just love uh, celebrating this time of year. So hopefully um, in, in, in this season, it's been a weird year, 2020 has. Uh, we have tried very hard to stay sane, but uh, it, it's been a little difficult. But hopefully uh, you get a chance to celebrate with family and friends. I know on Christmas Eve, my family is going to do a a Zoom meeting, as many people that can show up. So there's going to be anywhere between 2 and about 20 <laughs> that's going to be on this thing. So hopefully there's more uh, more that can show up. But um, my hope is, and my, my prayer for all of you is that you guys do have a tremendous and wonderful holiday season. Uh, Matt Moore and I will be back on January 2nd. On that podcast, we're going to be talking about the year 1980. It's going to be all about that one year. As we're going to take 1980 through 1989 in 10 weeks. We are going to have a couple pit stops along the way with uh, some different topics. But the goal is to get through each year pretty in-depth. Uh, talk about news events, sports, music, movies, TV, etc. So hopefully you'll tune in for that. And... Um, Again, thank you uh, for all you guys that that have supported this podcast over the year, and and I get lots of cool comments about uh, some of the things we're doing here, and the best is yet to come. So uh, thank you again. Uh, God bless you all, and we will see you in 2021. I love Christmas. Am I going to get some 80s toys for Christmas this year? You never know. Santa, I would love it. Santa may hook you up. <laughs> they want you to say the blessing.